Dehumidification is probably needed in about 98% of the country. Welcome to the Your Longevity Blueprint Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephanie Gray. My number one goal with the show is to help you discover your personalized plan to build your dream health and live a longer, happier, truly healthier life. You're about to hear again from Andy Pace, who works with homeowners, builders, and architects around the globe to create healthy living environments that are safe for residents. Remember, a healthy home can lead to healthy occupants. This was part two of a two-part series. I encourage you to go back and first listen to part one, if you haven't already, where we talked about what makes a healthy, safe, non-toxic home and what you can do to reduce mold and off-gassing within the home. Today in part two, we'll dive into VOCs, basements, and working with contractors. Let's get started. back to VOCs. What exactly are VOCs? All right. Good question. I had to take a sip of water for that Volatile one. organic compounds. I'll say that. Yeah, so <laughs> volatile organic compounds. It sounds so horrible. It's a compound. It's volatile. What that just means is it's a carbon-based molecule that's readily vaporized at room temperature that could rise to the upper atmosphere, react with nitrogen and UV to create low-level smog. Okay. That's the official EPA definition of what a VOC is. In the building industry, in consumer goods, we are being told VOC levels as if it actually makes a difference to you and I. Now, inside of your house, you do not have enough nitrogen and you do not have enough UV to create smog in your right. house. So VOCs by themselves aren't necessarily a dangerous metric. It is true. Some VOCs are harmful for humans in direct contact or acute situations. It is also true that some VOCs are completely harmless to humans in those same situations. I think the most unknown truth is out of the 92,000 chemicals that we have in, the, in building materials and home goods, only a few hundred of them are actually classified as VOCs and, and, and monitored. So we spend an awful lot of time and energy focusing on VOCs when manufacturers are allowed to use so many other toxins in their materials that aren't VOCs, aren't regulated, they don't have to be disclosed, and those are causing the bigger problem. So I'll give you a, some real-world yeah. examples. Sure. In the paint industry, years ago, paint manufacturers, when they started making water-based paints, they used ethylene glycol as one of the additives and propylene glycol as one of the additives. Both of them kind of do the same thing. They allow the paint to stay wet at the edge so you don't get lap lines. It allows the paint to flow out nice and even, look nice as it's curing. When the VOC regulations came along, the government said you can't use any more glycols. So manufacturers had to take the glycols out completely, even though ethylene glycol is toxic to humans and it's antifreeze for your car. I was going to say, it sounds like antifreeze. Yeah. Yep. Propylene glycol, especially used in paints and coatings, is completely harmless to humans. It's actually used in commercial baking but they're both painted with the same broad brush. So manufacturers had to do one of two things, either increase the, the acrylic resin content or to keep things less expensive, they would add back in what are called unregulated chemicals, ammonia, acetone, and butyl acetate. Most zero VOC paints in the market contain one or all three of those, and they don't have to tell you because they're not regulated. So you're saying VOC free is a kind of a marketing... The marketing scheme point. and that yep. it doesn't mean it's safe. Let me it go doesn't back mean to VOC. it's safe for humans. Let me go back to VOCs though for a second here because yes. I guess I always thought VOCs were bad though. Like that they can, they're 
proven carcinogens, right, that they can cause um, respiratory irritation and headaches and central nervous system issues. Right. And so some VOCs are bad, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, yes, just saying some VOCs all. are bad. Okay. Another example, formaldehyde is a VOC. Okay. It's not classified as a VOC because it's tested differently by the EPA. It's a carcinogen, yes. But when you get a, a report on VOCs and paint, it, it won't include the formaldehyde level because that's not a VOC in the eyes of the EPA. So what um, do we want to look for? Well, and you want to look for products that are considered toxin free. Toxin free. Okay, you want to look so, for products that are designed to be some of those. So what <laughs> Yeah. Yep. The AFM Safeco brand. The whole VOC issue, I've been fighting this battle for 25 years since the VOC regs came out. Uh, the fact of the matter is, is that they're regulated because of outdoor air pollution only. There's no regulation on the books for VOCs because of human health concerns. When you wake up in the morning, I talked about grabbing that cup for a cup of tea. Let's say you sliced an orange for breakfast. You've now released 850 grams per liter of VOCs. That's not dangerous. Right. If we're looking at VOCs with out of context... We're thinking all VOCs are bad. Well, I guess we can't have oranges anymore, (laughs) right? Or all these other foods that are naturally containing VOCs, or we can't walk in a forest because of all the the VOCs coming from the pine trees. So we we have to look at this in context, the toxicity of each ingredient. And so this is where it makes a bigger difference. Okay. Tell me about the the brand that you sell that yeah. I'm going to say it wrong. AF, what is it? AFM? AFM. Yes. yes. So why so, is this safe? What makes it different? When I had that problem on that job site many years ago, and I found AFM, AFM was a small company working out a garage, I think in, in uh, outside of LA, they were making products. Actually, the guy who, who started AFM, a man named Nestor No, he was a chemist in the paint industry. And he's been developing paints and coatings his entire career. Well, he gets to the tail end of his career, finds out that he's been diagnosed with cancer, and he's suffering himself from chemical sensitivities. He goes down to a clinic in Texas called the American Environmental Health Foundation, and he detoxes his body from all the chemicals. He works with a a fellow named Dr. Bill Ray, and they determine it's because of what he's been doing his entire career. He gets out of the clinic. He comes back to California and says, I'm going to start a company doing nothing but formulating toxin-free paints and coatings and sealers. Very cool. And he literally made it his life-ending mission to develop these materials so that other people would have something safer to work with. So all the materials that AFM makes are designed to be the least toxic in their category for what they do. So so they have paint, but do they have like finishings for cabinets and mm-hmm. like flooring or... So AFM specializes in paints, coatings, and specialty sealers. About 57 different products ranging from wood stains, clear finishes for wood, painted finishes for cabinetry and furniture. They even have custom coatings for below-grade waterproofing, for sealing ductwork seams, for even clear finishes for sealing up formaldehyde off-gassing coming from carpet fibers. So they really have a broad range of materials. Again, at the end of the day, it's all to make the the life of the the homeowner safer, healthier. Mm-hmm. It's you know, I, I say this all the time, but it, it really makes a lot of sense. We don't strive for perfection. It's it's impossible to right. live in a perfect, healthy home. We strive for tolerance. So if we can reduce the chemical off gassing of the carpet by eighty percent, we can reduce the chemical off gassing of your walls and floors by ninety five percent. Imagine what that does. You know, in 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 when you combine all of these improvements. Okay, so my son, I have a four and a half year old son. He wants a 
his bedroom to be transformed. He's done with dinosaurs. He's ready for superheroes. So if I <laughs> order paint, like you have different colors of paint, it's yep. like, it's not just the, the, am I, if I, and let's say I paint one wall in his bedroom, am I going to smell that? Is it still going to off gas? Like, actually, it's a great way to put that question, Stephanie. So here's, here's what happens when you put a water-based paint on a surface and I'm taking anybody's water-based paint, doesn't matter who. Water-based paint takes about seven to 10 days to reach a full cure. After 24 hours, it's about 95% cured. The last 5% takes between seven and 10 days later. Okay. Okay. Also didn't know that. Okay. (laughs) Now, after paint cures fully, this is when off-gassing starts. Off-gassing, technically speaking, off-gassing is the release of unreacted chemical monomers that will never become part of the coating. So it essentially pokes out of the coating like dust, these little dusty chemicals that are coming off the coating. And that's what off-gassing is. It's not actually like steam coming off a bowl of hot water. You know, steam, if you had a bowl of hot water and you put a piece of saran wrap over it, it would actually build up a head of pressure underneath that saran wrap. And you can poke a hole in that saran wrap, all the steam and eventually all the water comes out of that bowl. Now, on a wall with off-gassing, it's, it doesn't work the same way. You don't get like all the off-gassing. Just, it comes off in this dust formation mm-hmm. throughout the years, two and a half to four and a half years. With safe coat paints, they've formulated a paint that once it reaches that full cure, it's completely catalyzed. So there is no free monomers. So they react out all those monomers before they blend. So there is no free monomers that just exist. Does that equate to there is no smell? <laughs> Okay, so no. Uh, what makes Safe Coat also unique is that it's designed specifically for chemical sensitive customers. One of the things about paints and coatings is you have to remember most manufacturers add in what are called chemical masking agents to hide the smells. So you think of like sound deadening headphones. You put them on, all the ambient noise goes away because it's just adding different sounds to your ear. Same thing with paint. One chemical plus another chemical equals no smell. So they'll add that in at the factory. People will still complain about getting headaches, feeling sick, can't walk in their in their house for six months or longer, doesn't smell, but all these chemicals are existing, probably even more. Wow. Safeco does not add chemical masking agents because their point is we're trying to minimize the ingredients we need to use just to make a high quality product. So in the first 24 hours, it kind of has sort of a earthy smell, mineral, because that's a high mineral content, high okay. re- resin content paint. But after about 24 hours, provided you have good ventilation, you know, the, really the most thing you'll, you'll see is just the new color in your house. <laughs> Wonderful. I want to go back, whatever. We've been on this topic of chemical mm-hmm. sensitivities this whole time, but I know many of your clients have chemical sensitivities and many of my patients do as well. Yeah. So can you share some case studies um, or some recent clients you've had who have had chemical sensitivities who you have assisted in some way to kind of build this healthier home? <laughs> yes. I've worked with over 32,000 people in my career in a 30 plus year career and ranging from, can you help me remodel a bathroom? Can you uh, recommend a product for this or that too? Can you help me rebuild or build a new home? I'm going to give you a couple of examples to start. First one is one of my very first large customers that I had back in 1995. She called me one day saying that she's been living in one room of her house for the last two years that has been coated with aluminum foil, floors, walls, and ceiling because she couldn't tolerate the off-gassing from anything. She was afraid that she couldn't leave the room because she was afraid of what she'd be exposed to. Very, very sad situation. However, within the next year to 15 months, her husband, myself, 
we actually put together a plan to remodel the rest of the home using a lot of the AFM products, using a lot of the flooring materials that I recommend, different insulations. And now to this day, she still lives in that home. I don't want to say symptom, (laughs) right, but not in that room and not symptom free, of course, because she still has to, you know, be in the world, but be able to heal in that house. And that's really the goal. That taught me a lot many, many years ago, taught me an awful lot. Now, fast forward last year, a good customer of mine who I've helped remodel her home three or four times to various rooms. She hired me to consult with a builder and an architect to design and build a healthy home from the start, completely from just a raw piece of dirt. And we did that. And she moved in in May. I can't tell you the feeling it is when somebody calls up, you can just tell they're smiling. You can tell that they're just in awe of what has transpired. She lives in this house today. A matter of fact, another client of mine who extremely sensitive, who's been afraid to start the process. I'll mm-hmm. get into that in a second. I walked her through that home. And the second she walked into the door, she started laughing because she was so excited that she could actually walk into a, hel- a new home without you know passing out, essentially. So I said, I get back to this. A lot of times, people who have chemical sensitivity, because they are so used to being inundated with chemical, their brain and their body is, is in constant fight or flight. Mm-hmm. It's a constant adrenaline release. What happens is really it's, a, it's being scared to take the first step because what if it yeah. doesn't work? What if I walk in that room and that room has something behind that door that I can't tolerate? So they're not going to go through that door. It's like that customer I had with the aluminum coated walls. What if, what if, what if? And that becomes a huge, huge crutch. And so they have to prove to themselves that it's actually going to work. And so she took the brave step of actually walking into that space and saying, yes, it did work. This is on a smaller scale, what I do with clients all over the world. When somebody says, I need to repaint, but I'm afraid what'll happen if I can't tolerate the paint. So we offer small samples of our paints, test it, test the paint, test the flooring, you know, however method of testing you do, whether it's simply just putting it you know, on the nightstand next to you while you sleep, or you put it in a, in a jar and then just, you know, take a smell of it after it cures, or you do muscle testing, whatever you do, test it the way you normally would. And let's be sure that every component that goes into that home, you have tested okay with so that you'll never be surprised. You'll never go into that fight or flight response. Love that. Yeah. I think a lot of these patients have just been traumatized and they've suffered for so long that they have this yes. almost decision constipation and they're just stuck. And yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, and I, I hear it every day and I don't blame them. At some point you, you, you finally say, I can't do that. I know I've been like this for, for however long. I know it's not going to work. And unfortunately you can never move on from that until you allow yourself to do so. Mm-hmm. And how do you allow yourself to do so? There's no magic potion for that. It's essentially I don't want to say retraining the brain, but you have well, so to there start There is trusting. some of that. You know, we, we yeah. send our patients for limbic um, retraining. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there, yeah, there is some degree of that. And I'll put a plug in here for functional medicine, because obviously you're helping with these yeah. individuals, eliminating their, minimizing, maybe not entirely, but trying to eliminate the exposure, right? Mm-hmm. And then we help the patient detoxify the body. So I have to put a plug in for functional medicine because that, yeah. you know, can help give these patients kind of the building blocks or, or maybe we're the one who's finding mold in their body. And then they yep. know, oh, if that's coming from somewhere, they identify it's their home. And then, yeah. so Exactly right. It all works so. together. And so it's, it's interesting. I have found over the last 30 some years that the built environment, the way humans work, everything works together. 
you know, and you have to be able, that's why building biology, the study of the human interaction within the built environment. I love that concept. I was on the board of directors of that organization for years. I wholeheartedly recommend them. And you're right. There's not a lot of these building biologists around the country. If you can find one, great. If not, I mean, I do remote work all over the world. The fact is that the built environment, just like your diet, has a huge say on how you sleep, how you feel. And the best physicians I've ever worked with for me personally over my 52 years of life were the ones that asked me the question, how do you feel? You know, they'll look at test results, whatever. But how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And when you walk into that home, do you, are you instantly aggravated? Are you instantly annoyed because something is causing a problem? It could be something simple, as simple as you just painted the wrong color and it's causing an issue because of traditional color therapy or, or theory. It also could be the fact that your building materials are off-gassing and your, your body's telling you. Our bodies are naturally designed to handle stress, detoxify chemicals, and preserve cell function. But when the burden increases, those naturally built-in systems can't keep up with demand and we start to experience physiological changes in our bodies. What causes that burden to increase? Unfortunately, a whole list of things, including common modern lifestyle habits like poor dietary choices, lack of sleep, abundance of stress, exposure to chemicals, and exercise extremes, just to name a few. To protect ourselves from this oxidative stress, our bodies are forced to use up stores of the master antioxidant glutathione. And this works for a while. But when those stores become used up, however, our body doesn't have enough antioxidant capacity to protect itself, allowing the stress to our body's systems to cause lasting damage. That's why I recommend many of my patients take glutathione daily to help protect their natural reserves, support full detoxification capacity, and help keep their immune systems functioning at full strength. Use code glutathione for 10% off at yourlongevityblueprint.com. Now, back to the show. I could ask you so many questions. We've covered a lot. I want to go over just a few more things here. So what's the problem with the finished basement? Like our finished basements, I guess, are they problematic? That was one thing that I was concerned about, I know, at least with new construction. Like, what can I do extra to... I'm, I'm more paranoid about... I'll, I'll just admit, I'm paranoid about mold. So sure. <laughs> how do you feel about finished basements? I know I, I could put words in your mouth. I'll let you answer. Sure. Well, <laughs> so you're my client right now. I say, well, when was, when was the home built? Well, my, for my house? Yeah. I mean, I think my current basement is okay. It's Well, it's... I'm more okay. questioning with new construction, sure. you know. But let me... But, yeah. but I would ask you, well, when was yeah. your home built? I think so it was be- like... Yeah, 13 years ago. I don't remember. Okay. But yeah. So the, the question comes down to, was the home built for the basement to be a livable space? Now, remember, years ago, years ago, when when builders first started doing basements, it was mainly just to house mechanicals and it was storage or a yeah. root cellar or whatever. We could care less about how it looks, how it smells. Nobody went down there. It was cobwebs, sure. you know, in a couple of lights. A finished basement is asking for a little more out of the construction process. You have to make sure that the walls and the uh, underneath this concrete slab, the floor are truly waterproof, not just damp proofed, not just, you know, putting a black asphaltic coating on the outside of the walls because that degrades in six months. But so truly, how do you do that? How do you waterproof a basement? I mean, in short, and of course. Well, you have to do it during construction. If you have to get to it after you've moved in and you find out you've got moisture issues, you've got to then excavate the exterior and rewaterproof it, put a real waterproofing system on. So I guess, I mean, to answer the question, if the basement was built for a livable space in mind, yeah, I would you can assume verify from was. the builder yeah, yeah. that was waterproof, then I have no problem 
with finished okay. basements. Okay. You have to remember what we talked about earlier. Humidity is typically higher in basements. Why? Because most basements aren't waterproof correctly. Mm-hmm. And it just comes through the earth. Yeah. Um, so you have to monitor humidity. You have to look, just look at the obvious things. I'm not a big fan of putting carpeting in basements because carpeting absorbs and retains moisture, which also will absorb and retain mold spores and it can be problematic yeah. down the road. So there are ways to fix things if you find that maybe it's not the perfect environment. Uh, but generally speaking, I'm okay with finished basements, provided that it's done correctly. Okay. What about, and what are some of your favorite, I don't know if I should say it this way, antimicrobial countertops for mm-hmm. kitchens and bathrooms? Yeah. So I believe that any countertop that has an antimicrobial additive built into it should be avoided. Okay. So there aren't any. Yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll give you a caveat there. So a couple of manufacturers years ago started incorporating Microban into their countertops. Microban is a, it's a brand name of a pesticide called triclosan. Ugh. And trickle, yeah, yep. And so anything that's got Microban in it, it's basically triclosan. Countertop manufacturers realized that it probably wasn't a good thing to have people touching Microban all the time. So they actually started phasing it out. Now, there are some companies on the market that are starting to incorporate high levels of titanium dioxide and silver microparticles in the surface of their countertops, naturally antimicrobial. Yeah, we sell lots of silver here. (laughs) Excellent. And so I think you're going to see more and more of that coming out in the coming years. The pandemic did an awful lot to raise awareness of how dirty our surfaces and our spaces really are. And you're going to see that in paints and coatings as well. Awesome. Uh, but I do think that there's really nothing that replaces good old-fashioned uh, soap and warm water. Agreed, agreed. We talked a little bit about mold, and I guess we have. I've had other guests come on the show that have talked about mold illness, but I feel like since we brought up, you know, the importance of keeping moisture down in the the home to prevent mold growth, we should also talk about kind of some side effects that one may experience when living in a moldy environment. Sure. Um, I see patients with chronic inflammatory response syndrome with mold and Lyme. You know both many times. So I can kind of tell you my definition of that. And I guess you could also tell me what you hear from patients. But when patients have chronic inflammatory response syndrome, they can have multiple symptoms in multiple body systems. So what that means is you could have neurologic symptoms, right? So I got I have patients who get a lot of headaches. I see a lot of visual disturbances, which also if you're listening at home and you feel like this could be you, you could also do a visual contrast sensitivity test online very affordably that can many times detect if you have one of these challenges. Um, I also even see GI symptoms. Um, one of my family members was living in a very moldy home and he came down with diarrhea, unfortunately. <laughs> Getting out of the moldy home, his GI symptoms cleared up. So uh, I see a lot of brain fog, just again, back to the neurologic issues. It's not just headaches, but patients like walk into a room and they don't remember why they're there. They just can't recall things. They're not retaining things. Um, so many times that that fatigue, you know, sets in and patients are really getting concerned about, oh my gosh, do I have dementia? Like, <laughs> right. oh, What's happening? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, which can many times just be mold or another toxin. What else do I see? I, a lot of vague symptoms, which can just add up to the point where patients know something's not right. What, from your experience, what do you hear from patients? Well, I, you know, I could certainly just say everything you said, not as eloquently, of course, but I think that I also see patients that are my clients that have children that are having developmental issues, children that are, are having rage issues. Mm. Behavior issues, yeah. Yeah, anger issues. Back to neurologic system. So you have to remember, your audience, uh, that mold creates a toxin. It's a, it's a, it's what's called a MVOC, or you know, it's so it's a 
We just call them mycotoxins. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a toxin that is released during the during the growth period of mold that mimics a chemical release, and the body doesn't necessarily know the difference. At least, I don't think it does right now. I think that in the last several years, science has done an awful lot in determining now that you know they have done it. What is it? The HLA DR uh, genome? Yeah, yeah, we okay. yeah, yeah. So now we know that 25% of the population is predisposed to have a mold sensitivity. You know, it's funny, 25 years ago when I was doing presentations to architectural associations, groups around the country, I had read an article out of Europe that stated that 25%, they estimated 25% of the world's population had a chemical sensitivity, whether they knew it or not. And now I hear that 25% of the population has a mold sensitivity. And then I hear that mold and chemicals and EMFs all kind of trigger the body the same way. And I'm wondering, is this all the same person? It is, yeah, and so, yeah. But then with my clients, I find that, yes, if they're, if they, if they're suffering from SEERS. Mm-hmm. Chronic inflammatory they, response syndrome for the listeners. Yeah. They have to stay away from anything that has a strong odor because it causes that trigger. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't have to be mold. It could be perfume. It could be an orange. It could be something that doesn't even have a release of anything. But I had a client that actually reacted to stainless steel. Wow. That's unfortunate. Yes, it is. And so it can happen. And the fact of the matter is we don't know enough about that. We are learning. I mean, through what you are doing with your patients in your clinic and what others are doing around the world, we're learning about this sort of on the fly. But in the last five to 10 years, we have learned more than I've known in the last 30. And this yeah, is, I, yeah. I think we're in a very exciting time uh, for what's going on right now. I would agree. Kind of back to what you were alluding to earlier is like, we each have this toxic burden or this bucket full of toxins that can accumulate throughout our life, right? That's where, again, functional medicine practitioners can help you to dump out <laughs> what's in that yeah. bucket, help your body yes. better eliminate. But what you're referring to is for some person, that one last smell or chemical or whatever, especially if they have like mast cell activation syndrome is what pushes them over the edge. That bucket just kind of over overflows. Um, so yeah, we want to do everything we can to limit that burden on that in that patient. Exactly right. And if you're listening to this and you're again, um, what's the word suspicious that this could be you, we certainly can test your immune system to see if you have chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And we can also look in your urine to see if you have, if you're eliminating mycotoxins. So there are a lot of tests that functional medicine practitioners like myself can offer you to help. So moving right along, (laughs) I do want to ask your experience just in general to working with contractors, like, are they really receptive to this? I assume there's a lot of education on their end too. I mean, I personally have met with a couple contractors and they kind of looked at me like cross-eyed and they, they were (laughs) kind and they said, I think I'd be open to that, but I also was kind of getting a, a clearly I'm going to be one of their most complicated clients and they yeah. may rather not sort of thing. You know, they were polite, but um, what has your experience been working with contractors around the country? So my experience is actually very similar to yours. I think that, and this used to bother me, you know, when I was first in this, doing this, it would annoy me so much when I go to a contractor and say, listen, I can actually provide you products that won't poison you and your workers and your clients. Wouldn't Hello, you yes, want to yes, promote this? Yes. And they would all kind of blow me off. And even architects would say, well, we'll save the information for that client who's really interested in this kind of stuff. I'm thinking, aren't we all interested in this? But it didn't make sense. And then yeah. like a dentist who continues to put metal fillings in someone's right. mouth and poison them and their employees. And it's like, what? This doesn't make sense. Something's right. not computing. But So sorry. let's think of a contractor who is who's building homes day in and day out. They know exactly how a home gets built. They know the materials that they use. They understand how long it takes to do every step along the way. 
and somebody comes in and says, I want to change how you do this. Well, they're losing all the profit margin they have in that job. They're probably adding to their stress levels. Their subcontractors are going to hate them because they're saying you can't do this, you can't do that. And of course, they don't like the problem customer. They don't like the hovering customer that says, look at that, look at that. It's like putting pieces of blue tape everywhere and saying you screwed up everywhere. And so what I tell my customers is this, find a good quality custom home builder, right? Not a track home builder, not a Toll Brothers, one of these companies that builds a thousand homes a year. Find a customer that builds maybe five or six homes a year or find a, a contract Contractor, that builds yeah, yeah. five or six homes a year. And so these contractors are used to having clients that come to them and say, here's my Pinterest page with 1500 pictures of a kitchen. Can you do this? And the contractor is like, yep, we, we can tackle that. No problem. Custom home builders, in my experience, have been very, very receptive because they look at this as I'm going to build a home for this, this couple or this family. They're going to be a good customer. Yep. They're going to recommend me to others. And I'm going to learn a little something. But you also have to approach it from a standpoint of we're doing this because there's people in our household that have serious health issues Mm -hmm. and kind of leave it at that. All too often, people with extreme chemical sensitivity, the way they approach a new contractor is my name is so-and-so. I need some plumbing done in my house, but you can't use anything toxic because I react to everything. And this, 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 and this, and this. Most often, contractors are going to say, Very good. Thank you very much. And they'll never talk to you again. (laughs) So you have to approach it in terms that they understand, which is, yeah, we have somebody in the household that's going through some really severe medical treatments. And I will tell you 99 times out of a hundred, they will relate to somebody that they know either personally or they've heard of a friend of a friend. Yeah, I understand that. Sure. Yeah, we can do that. And they will have empathy. I think the good contractors will have that empathy, but you have to appeal to that. You can't be that person who is instantly on the defensive because you will push them away. Good advice. Good advice. Okay. Between the fumes from car exhaust, industrial emissions, and as many of us have experienced recently, smoke from forest fires, the air we breathe is often filled with harmful pollutants. But did you know that the EPA has shown that indoor air can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air? This is why at my clinic and at my home, I use Air Doctor air filters. These filters are 100 times more effective than ordinary purifiers and help capture smoke, viruses, bacteria, pollen, mold, and dust mites. In fact, they capture 100% of some of the most dangerous ultrafine particles as small as 0.003 microns in size. And that's pretty small. They have a proprietary dual-action carbon gas trap VOC filter, which combines two types of media, activated carbon to remove gas and odors and potassium permanganate to deactivate certain volatile organic compounds, VOCs, like formaldehyde. Air Doctor's auto mode uses a professional-grade air quality sensor to assess the air in the room and immediately adjust to correct levels of air filtration. The sensor will also alert you when your air quality is compromised by changing its indicator lights from green to yellow or red. I discovered this feature almost immediately after installing my Air Doctor at home when the indicator light went from green to red. It got me wondering why the air was so bad and I did some digging. It turned out there was a problem with my furnace. After it was fixed, the Air Doctor sensor immediately turned back to green. Had I not discovered the issue with the help of the Air Doctor, we could have ended up with much greater problems. I often recommend the Air Doctor to my patients dealing with mold toxicity. Of course, I always recommend they remove themselves from the mold exposure as soon as possible, but I understand it takes time to remediate the home. So in the meantime, as well as on an ongoing basis, I recommend they get Air Doctors running in their homes. 
One of these machines would be a great Christmas gift for a loved one. Stop by the Integrative Health and Hormone Clinic if you'd like to see different sizes or visit the bonus tab of my website, yourlongevityblueprint.com to find a special link for $280 off the 83,000 using code GRAY15. That's capital G-R-A-Y 15. And watch for even greater promotions during Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But you must use my link, which we'll post in the show notes. So what do you see as the future of healthy home building? I mean, do you, you kind of already alluded to that. You think maybe things are turning around. I think your business is amazing. And I think that the more people to hear about it, at least, obviously, I'm attracting clients who live this lifestyle, who want what you offer, right? But not everybody's eyes have been opened yet. Right. <laughs> so I'm excited about what you do. But what do you think kind of the future of healthy home building is? So I think the future of healthy home building is eventually it's going to morph just into home building. I believe that you are optimistic. (laughs) Yeah, We are taking small steps, baby steps over time. In my 30 year career, 30 plus years, we have gone from building homes the way we used to, to now building homes that are actually by code have to bring in fresh air from the outside. 30 years ago, we didn't care about the occupants of the home. It was the, well, house needs to breathe. Well, actually, no, the occupants of the house need to breathe. Mm -hmm. House could care less. So we're doing that. We are using better quality, um, less dangerous paints and coatings throughout our house. Things are being done because we're finally realizing that it's just smart to do so. Again, waterproofing a basement to make sure that's a livable space. These, that wasn't done 30 years ago because we, we didn't know the difference. We didn't think sure. about it. So I believe that maybe in another 30 years or so, homes will just be built healthier by default. But I don't think it'll ever be done the way, you know, we all would like it done because we are doing this because we understand that the way things are done normally just isn't good enough for us. And so I think that building a home with healthy attributes, again, it's not going to cost any more if you're comparing apples to apples. It really just takes somebody like me to to mm-hmm. work with the architect, it's work the with the builder, yeah, yeah. education and And it's not only the education of why we are doing these things, but also here's what I want you to use. Here's how long it's been in use. You got to show them where they can get it, how they can use it. And so that there's no downtime in the project because downtime is lost profits and they don't like that. Yep. Yep. But I also think that we have to strive for tolerance. We cannot strive for perfection. There is no such thing as a perfect home. You will drive yourself to the poor house or the nut house or both trying to have a perfect, healthy home. Just have a home that's healthier to live in than it was last week. Awesome. Mic drop. Okay, bonus round quickly. Do you have favorite non-toxic products under $50? Uh, Favorite non-toxic products under $50. I love the Branch Basics brand of cleaning materials. Sure. Perfect. Okay, what's on your five-year plan? (laughs) <laughs> uh, we are actually, uh, we are in the planning stage of building a model healthy home where the entire process will be Love documented. It. Yep. Yeah, and it. I'm involved in a uh, foundation called Clean the Air Foundation. We will be hopefully affecting policy changes at the local, state, and federal level to, for instance, making sure that HVAC contractors do their manual J calculations and don't provide the wrong materials for their customers. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. This has been amazing. Tell us where listeners can find you. So the best place to find me is my website, thegreendesigncenter.com. From that, not only will you find all the materials that I've sort of curated over the last 30 years that I recommend, but you'll also find links to my podcast, Non-Toxic Environments. 
you will find ways to connect with me in a consult. Yep. And you can book me for anything from a 15-minute conversation all the way to a whole year's worth of consulting for a whole project. So, you know, I, I love my day where I have, I'm talking to 17 different people about everything from fixing a screen door to building a insulated concrete form house in the middle of Puerto Rico. It's fantastic. I hear you have a free gift for our listeners too. So yes, I do. <laughs> Very so generous. Yeah. In your links, uh, when this comes out, will be a link to book me for a free 15 minute conversation. Doesn't matter what you want to talk about, uh, your existing home, plans for a new home, maybe something that I talked about you want clarification on. And, and that link will be uh, in your show notes, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Okay, last question. What is your top longevity tip? You've given us a lot, but if you had to oh pick boy. one. Top longevity tip. It's all about clean air, clean water inside of your home and making sure that the bedrooms, that's the best one I can say. The bedrooms should be the yeah. healthiest rooms in the house. If you can't afford to do anything else in your home besides get an air purifier for one room, put it in your bedroom. Because if you can't get your restorative REM sleep every night, your body will never heal. Totally agreed. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and just sharing how important the health of our home is to our body's health and longevity. So I encourage listeners to check out the greendesigncenter.com. I personally look forward to working with you. I'm sure I'll have you on again. So this was very informative. It was spectacular. Thank you again. Thank you, Stephanie. Wow, wow, wow. Podcasting is so much fun. I've learned so much from this series. I'm glad to have met Andy. Remember, VOC-free doesn't mean safe. Keep humidity below 45% in your home, and if you do nothing else, get air filtration at least in your master bedroom. Healthy home will contribute towards your longevity. Check out thegreendesigncenter.com as well as check out the link for his very generous free 50-minute consult with Andy. I personally look forward again to working with him, and I'll keep you posted on my future build. Be sure to check out my book, Your Longevity Blueprint. And if you aren't much of a reader, you're in luck. You can now take my course online where I walk you through each chapter in the book. Plus, for a limited time, the course is 50% off. Check this offer out at yourlongevityblueprint.com and click the course tab. One of the biggest things you can do to support the show and help us reach more listeners is to subscribe to the show. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I do read all the reviews and would truly love to hear your suggestions for show topics, guests, and for how you're applying what you've learned on the show to create your own longevity blueprint. This podcast is produced by Team Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, wellness is waiting. The information provided in this podcast is educational. No information provided should be considered to be or used as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always consult with your personal medical authority.